Today on episode number 746 of the School of Podcasting, I got a lot of nice feedback about last week's episode, and this week I want to stop, break it down, and go, why was that interview good? Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast mentor, Dave Jackson, Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, welcome aboard. This is why I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And I'll be honest with you, I'm actually recording from, I guess, what would be the new studio. I've moved into my new old house And I had an episode set to release today, and I just kind of went, you know what? That's not done. I'm going to be playing with the Zoom PodTrack P8, and I wanted a video to go along with that. And it's not ready because, well, I was busy moving. And also, something happened between last week and this week that I wanted to talk about. And that is, I had more people than, I, I can't remember, I mean, I've done whatever, 746 episodes, I got a lot of feedback on the one I did called The Ultimate Guide to Doing and Being Interviewed. I had a lot of feedback on one called The Imposter Syndrome, How to Overcome Imposter Syndrome. I did a great, well, I thought it was great. I did an episode on like the the good, the bad, the ugly of starting a podcast network that got a lot of feedback. But hands down, and the good news is it was good feedback. I had more people reach out via email, via Facebook, via Twitter that said, hey, that episode you did last week, episode 745, you can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 745 with Matthew Dix was really good. And maybe it's the teacher in me. I've spent decades helping people understand technology, but I'm I'm of a mindset of I'm always into constantly improving. And this was something that I was like, okay, it's kind of like when Serial, which is a very popular podcast, first came on the scene. I had, I think, four people in two days that said, have you heard Serial yet? And I stopped and went over and listened. And if you've never heard the first series or the first, uh, well, yeah, I guess the the first, uh, what do you call it? Not series, uh, season. The first season of Serial is awesome. And so in the same way that when you have a bunch of people say, hey, have you done this and this and this, you might want to step back and take a listen to it. So what I'm doing today, this is going to be, I always say this and that it never is, a shorter episode than usual, is I'm going back and I'm peeling back the curtain on what happened. How did I make this good interview? So we've got about 11 points. We're going to go through these. The first one is start with someone interesting. This makes it really easy when you can ask somebody a question and they have something interesting to say. And basically getting entertaining stories out of Matthew Dix is like shooting fish in a barrel. And if you're like, well, I think this person is interesting or I don't know, I just met them. Hmm. That might be something to think about. Now, number two, ignore the backstory. I see so many people. And maybe it's because of Mark Marin. Mark Marin's podcast, WTF, WTF, 
is basically should be called your backstory because he starts off with who are your parents? Are they still around? What did they do? He's doing your backstory. And that's because he's interviewing celebrities. But in my case, I, you know, depending on who you want to talk to, these aren't really celebrities. They are in my space, but we're going to get to step uh, three here in a second, but I didn't need his backstory. Now, for the record, Matthew has an amazing backstory. When you read the first chapter of his book, Story Worthy, this guy went to great lengths to avoid telling his very first story. And it's a great story, but it's not what I was looking for for you. I wanted something you could walk away with and go, ooh, I got to go try that. So number one, start with someone interesting. Step two, ignore their backstory unless it's pertinent to step three, have a goal. Why did you bring this person on? So why was I bringing on Matthew Dix? Because his book Story Worthy is filled with strategies on how to shape words into stories that really connect with people. And so I wanted to focus on strategies, not so much as backstory. I wanted to focus on telling better stories, on shaping your content for maximum impact. And so I wanted to boost the skills of you, the listener, and I wanted to sell books for Matthew. That was really it. That was my goal. Why am I bringing this person on? To boost your skills and list on shaping stories and to sell books for Matthew. You kind of need a goal because that then helps you shape what you are and are not going to talk about. So that leads to step number four, know your guest. And I really wanted to get this interview going in the right direction. And the minute he said, yeah, I'll be happy to come on the show. Let's go back to that. How did I get him to come on the show? I told him, I said, hey, I just wanted to thank you and your wife, Alicia, for doing the podcast. I'm a big fan of your stuff. And I'd written to Matthew in the past and said, hey, really like the book, blah, blah, blah. But I said, I'm in the middle of moving. And the other night, I don't know if you've ever had to paint a room. It's boring. It's not hard, but it just is time consuming. And I just put on your show. I'm a bit behind and you know, you guys really made that boring, tedious job of painting kind of fun and and time flew. So thank you so much. If you ever want to come on the School of Podcasting, you have an open door. And I might have mentioned something that they said in an an episode. And he was nice. Yeah, thanks for listening. I would be happy to come on. So the minute I knew he was coming on the show, I was focused on coming up with the best questions. I really really wanted that first question to just lead into a great story. And I didn't want it again. We could have just let Matthew tell his top five stories, but I wanted you to get skills out of this. And so I really wanted to show that words matter. That was kind of another underlying theme. So every night I would walk around my neighborhood listening to story worthy. I have it on audible. If you go to school of podcasting.com slash free book, you can get it for free if you're new to audible. And so I was re-listening to this book because I've already listened to it, but now I was looking at topics that I could expand on. And the reason I wanted to do that, that would allow me to mention the book. Remember the goal of the episode was to get you strategies to tell better stories and to sell books for Matthew. So I'm listening for topics 
that I could say, you said this in your book and then have a question. And so number four, know your guest. And I'm going to talk about that in in the end here because I have another interview coming up and I don't know my guest. And that's what kind of like, hmm. So what's step number five? Don't test their powers of improv. And I had decided that the opening question would be, when did you realize the power of words? And when that came to me, I was like, that's a good question. It gets me going right to where I want to go. We're talking about story crafting. We're talking about words. And I really like that question. And I knew it would lead to a story. That was not a yes, no kind of answer. And it would kind of let you know where we were going as we're talking about words and story crafting. But I also realized something that that's a, a good question. And it might lead to Matthew going, Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm, you know, it might, uh, hmm, ha. Uh, and that was going to lead to a lot of editing. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I give him that question ahead of time? Let him know this. Uh, when somebody says, What's your favorite book? What's your favorite movie? There are times when I go, you know what? I should have those written down ahead of time because somebody's probably going to ask me that. But also, if it's a good question, I want a good answer. And I knew Matthew wasn't going to have one pre-written that he would then talk like he had written it down. That is a good question, Dave. My favorite, no. But he did have a great story. So that was one I let him know. But I also let him know, not the question, but I let him know the topic. I said, I want to talk about editing as, you know, kind of where, what to leave in, what to keep. I said, I want to talk about homework for life because if Matthew is the Leonard Skinner of storytelling, that is his free bird. And it's a great exercise. It's something that I personally do. And normally I don't give my guests the exact questions. I just let them know, here's why I'm bringing you on, and here are the subjects that we're going to be covering. So he kind of knew what was coming. He didn't know exactly what was coming, but he, he had an idea, except for the one that really needed some thought. I gave him that. So don't rely on your guest to really be great on improv. You don't want to you know, surprise them and things like that. Step number six, get the best audio that you can. So we connected via Squadcast. That's what I recommend for recording interviews. And I was hearing Matthew through his camera's microphone. Now, if you don't know what that means and you have a webcam, go into your software and record yourself using your camera's microphone because it's going to sound horrible. And you need to be able to identify that. Now, if you go, Dave, I, I, I did that. I still don't quite get what you mean by that. There's an easy way to do this. I heard it, and it sounded like he was kind of in a cavern. And I said, hey, Matthew, could you do me a favor? Can you just tap on your microphone? And you should hear something like this when somebody taps on their microphone. Except Matthew was tapping on his microphone, and it sounded like this. Exactly. Nothing. And so we basically got his audio. And as soon as he switched, the difference between a, your webcam microphone and an actual microphone, it was like night and day. And so I would have like wanted to punch myself in the face if I'd had Matthew Dix on and he was recording through his webcam. That is something. And at the School of Podcasting, I kind of have a checklist of things you can do for interviews. And I think that's also available 
Uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. Number seven, prove you've done your homework. Now, why is this important? When you are being interviewed and somebody, and it doesn't take much, just proves they did a little bit of homework. It shows you that, hey, I take this seriously. I'm trying to get the best for my audience. I'm trying to present you in a great light. And it just, it helps the the interview. You kind of know where the questions are going to go. You kind of know where the answer is going to go. And so when we first got his microphone configured, I also wanted to show Matthew I was a fanboy without being a fanboy. And for the record, I was horrible at that. If you listen to that episode, I'm a huge fan and I kind of fanboyed out. But I wanted to show Matthew that, no, I actually have done the homework. I know you. I know your topic. And one of the things that he talks about on his podcast is he is a huge New England Patriots fan. Uh, That's an American football team for my friends across the pond. Tom Brady used to be there. Tom Brady's a very famous quarterback. And he talks about the Patriots in his book. He talks about the Patriots in his podcast. Hence, he's a huge Patriots fan. Well, Tom Brady just left and went to a different team. And so when we got on board, we got his microphone. I'm like, hey, I got to ask you a question before we even really start. Uh, What do you think about the Patriots now that they don't have Brady? And it was kind of fun. It got us on a topic that, you know, I like football. He likes football. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Tom Brady because of his approach to the game. This is a guy that also is into constant improvement. And I talked a little bit about the book and some things like that. So I showed him that I had done my homework, that I wasn't just some guy that was like, oh, you have a book. I found you on Amazon. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, stuff. So other reason I think this was a good episode is step number eight. And if you've heard me talk about interviews before, you know what I'm going to say. And that is ask a question and shut up. <laughs> well, here's my setup. And again, if you're a regular listener, my apologies for the rerun, but this is what I do. I have my questions that I want to ask to the person on the left on a, on a pad of paper in front of me on another pad of paper with a pen that does not click, because if it clicks, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm going to click it. I have my questions there. And I wasn't doing things like, mm-hmm, oh, mm. Now, I probably did things like nice and awesome, my two favorite things to say at the end of a question. And most of those I edited out. We'll talk about editing here in a bit. But really what I was doing was I would ask a question, I would shut up, and I was listening for potential opportunities to ask a follow-up question. And if there was a follow-up question, I don't write down the whole question. I write down a word that will trigger me to remember that particular follow-up question. So step number eight, ask a question and shut up. Now, that leads to follow-up questions. That is step nine. When he was talking about things that happened because of his podcast, that's a segment we do on this show, he mentioned that he got involved with an event and he was asked to tell a story. And at that event, his daughter got up and told a story. And while I realize that asking this question was kind of like going to an athlete and go, hey, you won the game. How does that feel? I always want to go, what do you expect them to say? Oh, it stinks. 
I'm so mad that we won. I always wonder that. But I still asked him, I said, what was it like watching your child follow in your footsteps? And I realized that that question is not in alignment with my goal. It's not really boosting your skills in storytelling. And it's not really going to boost Matthew's book sales, although it might because it makes him sound like a great dad, which from what I know he is, I know he's a guy that adores his wife and adores his children. But I also know that you have kids probably. A lot of my audience does. And I believe we all can identify with how cool it would be to see your child follow in your footsteps. I know I have seen people talk about, like Chris Nessie, his son, I want to say, was six and for a while was doing a podcast on vacuum cleaners. Elsie Escobar walked in one day and she has two little girls and they were talking into uh, hairbrushes. And I go, what are you guys doing? Actually, that was, uh, that wasn't Elsie. That was uh, Corey Finneran of Ivy Envy. And he said, what are you guys doing? Cause it's kind of weird that they're talking into yeah, hairbrushes. And we're, we're playing podcast, but Elsie actually has a roadcaster and uh, Elsie of uh, she podcast and walked in and her kids had figured it out. They were actually podcasting and they're, they're little girls. And so I knew for me, I mean, you're always proud of your kids, but I think that that pride has to go up a little bit more if they're doing what you did. I would just think, I thought it was a great story. I realized at the time I was going kind of off script. I left it in. It's the, uh, it's the human interest side, I guess. If this was a newscast, it's the human interest side. It's the, uh, it's the water skiing squirrel part of the story. Number 10, I remove things that aren't needed. I asked Matthew, I said, what was the first podcast that he listened to? And Matthew couldn't exactly remember it. He had an idea of it. It was a little blurry. He was also a little blurry on the year. And again, I went back. I said, because this, again, would have been kind of a human interest story. Oh, wow, this guy listened to that. And, you know, maybe there's a story there. There really wasn't a story there. And the answer, I said, does that story help us craft better stories? Does it sell books? No. Does it give you a glimpse into Matthew that you can't get anyplace else? Not really. And that's why you didn't hear it. I remove things that aren't needed, that aren't moving the story, in this case, the interview, forward. They're not delivering any value. And I always say, when I edit an interview, the first thing I listen to is the question. The second thing I listen to is, did they answer the question? And then the third thing is, does that answer deliver value? If not, the question and the answer answer both go away. It's just that easy. And then last but not least, step 11, and that is I ran it through a transcription service. And why did I do this? A lot of people talk about transcription service, and they're thinking of this is going to make show notes so easy. And the reason is they're going to go get this transcript, and they're going to take that whole transcript. Dave said this. Matthew said this. Dave said this. Matthew said that. And I've said it before, we don't write like we talk, we don't talk like we write, and in general, transcriptions are kind of boring. And if I pop on a page and it's a straight transcription, 
I will run like, no, just sorry, mm-mm, not going to, no, sorry. You get the idea. So, Dave, then why did you run this through a transcription service? And for me, I was looking for the nuggets of gold, and it wasn't that there weren't any. It was like I want to do what I call a Jerry Springer. And this is something I recommend to anyone who's doing interviews. Because in most cases, if you're interviewing somebody, it's somebody in your niche. And I'm going to guess, but I'm pretty sure there's a really good chance that you're trying to look like an expert. You're trying to show your expertise. You're trying to connect with your audience. And in some cases, doing an interview makes your guest look really good And you're just the person asking questions. So I always recommend that if you do an interview, do a Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer was that crazy guy that used to have people fighting on his show and it'd be mayhem and all sorts of stuff. And at the end, he'd start this soft piano music and go, what did we learn today? You know, if your spouse doesn't want to be with you, why do you want to be with your spouse? Take care of everyone and love and blah, blah, blah. It was this whole thing. But it was Jerry putting his stamp on it. And I always say, what you should do is why not come with, I don't know, one, two, three points that connected with you, that you found interesting, and explain why did you find this interesting. Now, what this does is it enables you to share a bit of yourself as well as you are going to remind the audience of the value they just received. Now, this is the teacher in me because... You've probably heard this with teachers. The first thing is you tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. And so in this case, they might have just heard this great interview, and it's just going in, and you're like, wow, this is good, this is good, this is good. But they're not really remembering it because they're just like, wow, that was great. And they're probably thinking that, hey, I should write some of this down. And you come in, and you're like, here's what really resonated with me. It's another time of hearing it. Obviously, you don't want to go back over the entire interview. But when you hit with it, like, here are the three things that I really liked about this interview. People get to know a little bit about you. You're reinforcing the great content that your guest just provided, which makes them look good. And then you're reminding your audience that, hey, I just delivered value to you. So for this step, I ran through Otter is a uh, transcription service. I think I spend $10 a month for something ridiculous like 10 hours of content. I never come close to that, but I'm not a fan of using transcriptions for show notes. But what I love to do is use it for timestamps because you can go in and see where they said such and such and then go in and either in my case, uh, make a timestamp on my website so people can jump right to that. And I use Hindenburg Journalist for that. And I also use a tool called Simple Podcast Press that I can put those timestamps on my website and people can jump right to that on the website and via Hindenburg journalist, I add chapter markers so people can jump to it that way. And that way people can go right to, again, making it easy for people to get to the good stuff. Now you might argue, Dave, isn't all of it good stuff? Mm, I think so, but sometimes people are in a hurry. And so I like transcripts as an editing tool. It's a great way to get pull quotes, you know, those things that you want to share in social media and things like that. And right now I'm using 
Otter. I've used Timmy in the past or Temmy or however you say it. Timmer. Uh, I like Otter right now because it's like I say, it's 600 minutes for 10 bucks a month. And there are many out there. None of these are great in terms, unless you want to go revs, R-E-V-S, which is like $1.50 a minute. And that's because it's a human that's doing the transcription. So transcriptions for me, not great for show notes, but great for editing, for pull quotes, things of that nature. And that's one thing I did. Now, in this case, because I kind of felt, wow, this is a really good interview. I did actually edit the transcription. Now, here's the the good news, bad news about that is you'll see where they say, oh, we're 80, 90 percent accurate. Let's go with 85 percent. Well, that means every 100 words you are changing 15. And after a while, you kind of go, hmm. Now, it again, not super hard. The way it works in Otter, you hit play. You can see the transcript and you can see where they you know, messed up the word or whatever, and you fix it. It's just, you're going to listen to that interview again, and you can listen at a faster speed. But normally I don't do that. Maybe I should, but normally I just write really extensive show notes. So I don't need a transcript. But in this case, because I'd already done that, I was like, well, let's go ahead and make a transcript. So here's my final thought on this is when I look at this and go, well, what was the big difference between this interview and other interviews that I've done. And I was like, well, A, I spent a month coming up with questions. I used the the technique of what question can only this person answer. That's always a good place to start. I lucked out that this person was interesting. But I think the big one was I really, really knew my guest. And so I have somebody that contacted me. That's a coach. And she said, hey, I listened to your show. I like this and this and this. So she is a listener. And I have a really cool because of my podcast story, which is great. I'm always looking for those. But I don't really know this person. And so I'm now going out listening to her podcast, trying to get the background. Because I really think one of the things that was different from my standpoint is I really knew my guest. And I really had a clear idea of why I'm bringing this person on because I knew my guest. When I don't know the guest, I'm kind of digging for the gold live. I already knew the goal, the gold in this case. I knew exactly what Matthew could bring, and I think that's really it. I think you kind of need to know the answers so you can ask the best questions, and that's really nothing new. But I think and sometimes I am searching for gold. I edit out anything that's not gold, And I just think after this particular interview, maybe I need to know my guest at a deeper level, not, not super duper, like, you know, spend months and months and months investigating them, but maybe I need to go a little deeper than I have been. I always try to read their book and things like that, but you might want to, again, as we wrap this up, if you get feedback, now let's go the other way. So we're not wrapping up. I'm calling it audible. I've said this before. What if you get negative feedback? And I've done episodes on this. Number one, what is the goal of your show? You should have one. And if somebody wants you to change your show in a way that would stop you from achieving your goal, that person is called not your target audience. And you can thank them for their feedback, but don't change your show based on somebody who is not your target audience. 
And then if they go, well, if they give you a comment and they say, I really like your show, but your audio sounds like it was recorded in a cave and, and you're always louder than your guest. That's really good feedback. And it's a thing that we can work through and fix. So there is times when you get really good or really mm, not so great feedback that you might want to stop back and go, wait, why was this different? What happened? What's, what's the, you know, it, if we go back to the old days of Sesame street, you know, one of these things doesn't belong here. Well, okay. What, what changed between this episode and the last episode and you just might learn something. So thanks so much for listening to this episode. As I look up, it's 28 minutes. Of course, it's not as long as I thought it was going to, it's longer than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be like 15 minutes. If you need help with your podcast, I would love to help you. As I said, my background's in training. I love to help people do things, especially if you're thinking, oh, no one would ever listen to me. Oh, I'm here to tell you, yes, they would. Just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. Get access to me. I do live group coaching. I have step-by-step tutorials. I have an awesome private Facebook group filled with brilliant podcasting minds that you can bounce ideas off as well. And uh, again, use the coupon code listener when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. So until next week, where I will be talking about the Zoom PodTrack P8 versus the Roadcaster Pro. Until then, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. <laughs>